Well, would you believe it's time for another episode of the Backstage Experience Podcast. Get your coffee, get your tea, whatever it is that you want to enjoy while you're listening to this absolutely fun, family-friendly episode. Grab it now because I promise you tons of fun coming your way. I'm Dave Morales. And I'm John Simval. We're both from BackstageWell.com. And thank you, everybody, that's been listening to the Backstage Experience. Our latest episode with the cast of Coming to America. So we had Eddie Murphy on it, Arsenio Hall, Tracy Morgan, even Samuel L. Jackson. That has been one of our best listened to podcasts. And it's actually our YouTube video has been doing insanely well. So if you haven't checked out the Coming to America podcast yet, I highly recommend checking that out after this interview. But keep in mind, it is for the parents. Yeah, the Coming to America and the episode that we're doing today are two completely different episodes. Coming to America has some foul language. And this one, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we go from our first expletive uh, podcast to one of the cleanest podcasts that we'll have. And I guess we should tell everybody what we're talking about this week. We are talking about the Disney movie, the latest from Disney Studios, Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay, let me just tell you, this is something that you probably may have figured out over the last couple of episodes. I'll just tell you right now, I am a Disney freak, and John can attest to that. I am an annual pass holder to Walt Disney World. That's where I go for it. I could consider to be therapy. Uh, love going to Orlando, Florida. I go to the mountains. Dave goes to Disney World. Yeah, that's true. John goes hiking and does all that stuff. I go to Main Street, USA, straight to the ice cream parlor. But I love Disney, and I always have for many, many years. That would be a whole podcast in its own. Dude, that right. would be a whole series. That would be like yeah. we could do a whole week. Well, at least I could. Uh, so there's lots to talk about uh, in the world of Disney. But this particular film, Raya and the Last Dragon, is the latest from Disney Studios. Note, this is not a Pixar movie. This is a Walt Disney Studios movie. And you can tell the difference between the animation style. At least I can. Pixar goes more with the 3D modeling on the computer, whereas Disney animation still, although it is done on the computer, it's not necessarily as 3D, but they still keep that animation magic. Well, like the, the hand-drawn animation feel exactly. is what you're looking for. Yeah. Like and Alice that, in Wonderland. Yeah, okay, here's a great example. Put Lion King against Toy Story. Perfect. Dude, I'm telling you, I know my Disney stuff. So, Raya and the Last Dragon is a Walt Disney studio production, and I'm just going to tell you, the movie is excellent for the entire family. We're going to break down why this movie is perfect, in my opinion, and also, we have interviews with the entire uh, production crew, including the co-directors. There's two directors. We've got the writers, and we have Kelly Marie Tron, who you may know from the Star Wars movies, is the voice of Raya. But, John, I'm going to let you set up what the movie is all about. Tell everyone, what is Raya and the Last Dragon? The storyline is about a world divided, kind of similar to our world today, but they're seeking out for a dragon. So all the dragons from the past have already died and they died trying to save mankind. And now they're going back. They're trying to find a dragon and revive it so they can go back and unite the entirety of humanity. And so that's what this story is about. Raya is the leading warrior in her civilization and she's been sent out to find this dragon. And just looking at it, like, if you just watch the trailer, like it looks incredible. It looks like it has like that adventure experience to it, like Aladdin, you know, 
And so Dave has seen it. I haven't yet. And I am, I'm ecstatic to see it. Keep in mind that Raya doesn't do this uh, solo. She has a little friend and you're going to hear this friend mentioned throughout the uh, interviews, a little character that I have got to get my hands on at the Disney store. And they're not a sponsor of this yet. Disney store. If you're listening, Uh, I am definitely going to go by this character. The name is Tuck Tuck and Tuck Tuck is basically, he's like a little, uh, or could be a she, but he or she could, is like a little, it looks like a little pug. And, but it's also used to ride on, kind of like a horse and, and, and later in the story. So, again, I'm not ruining anything, but Tuck Tuck is a character that I'm going to reference a lot in these interviews. By the way, John, as we get closer to the end, I'm going to ask you a question, and the question is going to be, who is your favorite Disney princess? I have... See, I, told, I knew that was going to be a great question. That's a hard one. Dude, I, and it is, and I have an answer. I have an answer, Okay. Um, but it took me a while to think about it because it is a very difficult question. So I'm going to ask you that. Don't forget, that's coming up later uh, in the episode. Okay, let's kick off these interviews. Don Hall is the direct one of the directors. He was also the director of Big Hero 6, and we did those interviews as one. You can find them on our Backstage OL YouTube channel. But he is paired with Carlos Lopez Estrada, who's the co- other co-director. Interestingly enough, uh, Carlos Estrada, known recently for his movie Blind Spotting, with our friend David Diggs and Rafael Casal. Nothing close to being a Disney movie, by the way. Yeah. Because yeah, it was police opposite. car chases. Yeah. Car chases and murder and all that other weird stuff uh, in that movie. But he's such a great guy. And also... Kui Win, who is one of the writers of Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, one of the questions that I have always asked these these people behind it is how long of a process this really is to make a movie like this. It takes forever. This is more of a behind-the-scenes creative process, how this movie was started and how really how long it took them and what the story. Oh, we talk about Tuck Tuck. Uh, in, in this in this interview, I, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, this is the uh, Don Hall, Carlos Lopez Estrada, co-directors, Kui Win, the writers, talking Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, I just want to say I have been waiting for this movie since the D twenty three announced, mm. and that was in twenty nineteen, and we are finally here to talk about it. And Don, it's great to see you again. You and I met at Big Hero Six. Yep, I remember. I remember. Good to see you awesome. again. Good to see you. I'm going to start with you, Don. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always fascinated the how long it takes. You know, obviously we knew the D23 announced 2019. We're just talking about the movie right now. But how long it really takes from the very beginning of this process to release, I always, that's always the first question I ask on a Disney animation. How long has it been? It's been six years. Wow. Six years. And um, that's yeah, relatively typical. I mean, some like some are a little faster, like Big Hero Six. It was three and a half, but um, and some like Tangled. It was almost like ten. So, um, like yeah, around five or six years. That's about the normal sort of gestation period for one of these animated films. That's insane. Because I, I I'm a D23 member. I know you're not shocked to hear that because I love <laughs> Disney. So when I was like ah, oh, and then I just it dawned on me. Here's the movie, Carlos. Tell me about the magic of this story and what it means to you. Oh man, uh, I love this story. I loved it when we were first invited to join the, the Raya team, but I love it even more now just because I feel like it's it's uh, through the last year and a half that we've been involved, it's gained so much more um, uh, timeliness and it feels like it's a part of a conversation that is very necessary. It, it, it essentially, it, it chronicles a world that is divided, that is fractured, 
and representatives of each land coming together and having to learn how to put their difference aside, uh, even though they have opposing worldviews and, and very different ideologies, they have to coexist again and they have to learn to trust each other. Uh, and I just, I look around, I read the news and I, I couldn't imagine a, a more necessary message for today. I think that we're, we're so proud to have worked on this movie and so happy that it comes out in only a few days. I'm so happy it's here. Kui, my favorite character, Raya, I know is the big star, but I will tell you that my favorite character is Tuk Tuk. <laughs> I love, and everybody laughs. I love Tuk Tuk. So Kui, I want to get your thoughts on Tuk Tuk. Uh, well, I mean, Tuk Tuk immediately, like when you, as soon as we were introduced, like, again, th these characters were being developed even before I came on or Don or Carlos came on. And so when we immediately saw Tuk Tuk, we knew that it was going to be a character that was going to just, you know, ignite the imagination of so many kids to, to be able to like, just, you know, it, it just, it's an iconic character right away. Uh, I think the one contribution that Don Carlos and I made was we, we introduced the baby version of Tuk Tuk at the very top of the film that wasn't in the script previously. Uh, and so to be able to see this little guy grow into the big guy was just a, a little bit of Disney magic that I, 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 I love that we were able to contribute to. And it's not just kids. Right after this interview, I'm going to DisneyStore.com and looking to buy a tuk-tuk. I don't care if it's the baby or the grown-up, have to have a tuk-tuk. I'll get a Raya as well. Don't worry. Um, Don, I'm going to close with you. How many changes do you go through to get it just right? Like when it was done and you said, okay, this is this is it. But how many, I've always, another director question, how many changes do you guys go through to get it just right? Huh. It, it's a tough one to, to answer um, with a specific because it's sort of, um, it, it's change is just ever present, you know, in the process. And animation is uh, such a fluid medium that we are, we have the ability as directors and storytellers to change the movie constantly you know up until the very very end um and probably you know much more much more robust than let's say live action or something like that so um we are constantly constantly tweaking and and we've always said you know our movies are never finished they're just released and that's kind of how we how we feel about it um obviously you reach a, a story point where it's like you know it, it it is essentially locked like i guess you know the moment where the changes stop the, the big the big changes stop would be when you wrap animation. Once animation's wrapped, it's like, okay, I think, I think we're pretty much done. And then we've got effects and lighting and all that kind of stuff to do, but you're still tweaking. But yeah, it, it change is part of our process and always will be. One of the things about these movies, like Ryan, the last dragon with them being animated is there's just so many more levels to production than when, filming a movie because you have everything the entire environment is all within your control uh one fun fact i don't know if you know this dave i know some of the production on this movie was still occurring when the pandemic started and so they actually shifted all the production to like at home uh i think kelly marie tran even did some fill-ins for uh some of her lines from her house and so i found that pretty interesting yeah, and a lot of movies have had uh, to face those challenges, how to do reshoots, and obviously with animation, it's a it's a easier process. You know what? That's interesting because Wolfwalkers, another uh, animated movie that I really liked, find that movie, watch it. Wolfwalkers was made by an Irish studio, but they had to finish that film 
uh, from working remotely as well. And, and, and yeah, that's the challenge that people have had, uh, you know, in the times that we live in. I'm glad that you mentioned the technical aspect, the behind the scenes. And by the way, I should mention you're listening to the Backstage Experience podcast. I'm Dave Morales. And I'm John Simbaugh. I'm glad you said that. I'll follow the thought because we have more with the producer and actually another writer uh, of Raya and the Last Dragon, which is the latest and greatest from Walt Disney Studios, which is uh, now available. In, you can see it in theaters if you're comfortable going to the theaters and also on uh, Disney Plus, but it's premier access. You need to be a Disney Plus subscriber and then you pay $29 on top of that in order to access this film. I'm what do you get- think about that, Dave? Do you think I, I should do another tier? I, you knew, knew I was going to ask you that. I knew you were going to ask me that. Okay, this is a very expensive movie to have made. I think that $29... On top of your Disney Plus subscription is fair. Uh, I know they did it with Mulan. You know, it, it didn't, while it didn't recover everything that they spent on Mulan, because that was a very expensive movie, it does go towards the production of these films. This is a very expensive movie to make. And I think $29, okay, let's price it out. If, you, if you're a family of four and you go to the movies. 60 bucks. 48 to $60. Thank you. Yeah, I get that. But what stinks is like there's a lot of people that are either couples or single that aren't going to watch the movie because if I'm at my house by myself, I'm not paying $30 on top of my Disney Plus to watch the movie. I'll just wait. Okay, but if you go to the movie theater by yourself and you buy a ticket that's $14 or $15, and I know you, John, you always get the large soda and the large popcorn and the candy. There's yeah, $30. it adds up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't mean to call you out on that one because I get the large IC. It's all good. Look, you know, I, you know, I'm a fan of the kids snack pack. You know, I'm oh, that's cheap. true. The six dollar. Uh, yeah. OK. Yeah, that is true. I'm just going to say twenty nine dollars for this movie is worth it. OK. And I know I'm extremely biased because I do love Disney, but twenty nine dollars for the entire family, even yourself. Just watch it. It's such a great movie, dude. And and towards the end of this podcast episode, I'm going to break down one with one word, really what is the at the heart of this story. Also going to ask John who his favorite Disney princess is. I will answer the question as well. But right now we're talking with producer O's Not Sure, another person behind the scenes that created this movie, and Adele Lim, who is a writer uh, for Raya and the Last Dragon. Let me add on to that real quick because O's Not worked on Moana. And Adele Lim was one of the writers of Crazy Rich Asians, which, in my opinion, was one of the best movies the year that came out. Uh, So obviously very well written. You may not know these people because they are in production, but the caliber of talent that they have for this movie, I mean, it is Disney, is unprecedented. I actually asked Oznot and Adele, why is this the perfect movie for the entire family? And I'll just let them answer it. Uh, this is O's Not Sure and Adele Lim. Uh, behind the scenes, the team of Raya and the Last Dragon. O's Not, I'll begin with you. Tell me where this uh, Raya journey began for you. Um, I had just finished uh, working on Moana, and uh, there were some some early notions, ideas for Raya that were that were kicking around the studio, and and um, we had we had the strong. A warrior princess, the this, this strong female protagonist, and we had the five lands that were divided around along the, uh, the the dragon river. And the dragon was the Asian dragon, which is the dragon of harmony, of of water, of life. And we knew she, we wanted her to be a, a female as well. And um, we knew that we wanted to tell a story about about 
the, our differences and rather than choosing to be enemies because we're different, choosing to bring us all together. But that's, it's easier said than done. What does that mean? And then we went deeper and deeper and what that takes for us. So um, it's been an incredible journey and I cannot wait to share this movie with the world. It's really good. Adele, how does this story inspire you? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I think growing up in Southeast Asia, you know, and loving Disney animated movies as much as I have, uh, it is tremendous to have uh, a, a Disney heroine princess warrior who looks like the people I grew up with, whose culture is from the people I grew up with. And so what, uh, you know, what I've learned from this is, you know, that power when the images just first started coming out, as you said, even in D23, I have friends, you know, I grew up with who were like texting me, messaging me like, Raya looks like me. And, you know, you, you can intellectually think that, but when you see it affect the real lives of people, that's when you know you're onto something, you know, special and transformative. And I have a daughter, uh, she was nine when it started, she's 11 now, but when she looks at Raya, that she has a Disney princess who she can see her own face reflected in, it's, you know, it's beyond words. I love that answer. Oh, it's not. The pressure's on because a lot of parents are watching us right now. And the question I'm about to ask you, it's all dependent on what you're about to say. Why is this the perfect movie for the entire family? It is the perfect movie for the entire family because it's full of, first of all, it's this epic journey. We've all been dying to travel and, and go. And cause so you want to come and, and get immersed in this incredible fantasy world. It's full of jokes is full of humor it's full of heart you'll be crying you'll be laughing and just as importantly i think when the movie ends there'll be a great conversation to be had together as a family about what what is difference what does it mean to trust what does it mean to come together for the greater good so it has all of that and some pretty cute sidekicks and to that adele i, I want to bring this up look I know that Raya is the big star, okay? It's Raya and the Last Dragon, I get it. But I will tell you both right now, I love Tuk Tuk. Yes. Um, give me your thoughts on Tuk Tuk, Adele. Oh my gosh. So Tuk Tuk, when I showed up, like Tuk Tuk already existed, but that's a great example of how like the story artists really influenced the, um, you know, the script and the story moving forward. Um, they had the idea that, you know, Raya was almost like this like lone warrior and she needed a steed. So with this idea of like this pangolin, pug, pillbug character that she could ride on. And in the beginning, Tuk Tuk was there for, you know, maybe like a few minutes and he disappeared. And all of us were like, where Tuk Tuk go? We want more on Tuk Tuk. And so then we started writing him into the rest of the movie. And then, you know, we even saw little Tuk Tuk with little Raya. And he had even, a, you know, a beyond being beyond adorable, cute, and some and a buddy you can ride, um, that he also was a companion for Raya in this broken world where otherwise you'd feel so sorry for her for being all alone. Every, every kid needs a Tuk Tuk. Okay, so now that you've met the creative team behind Raya and the Last Dragon, it's time to actually meet Raya, who is voiced by actress Kelly Marie Tron. And John, you've met Kelly. I've met Kelly. Your thoughts? I love her. She's so cool. She's so sweet. I mean, I'm glad to see that she got to front her own movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. People may remember her from the Star Wars universe. She was one of the engineers. Uh, actually, she got a lot of flack for that movie. I remember there was a lot of controversy, and I think it was unfair controversy towards her. 
And so I'm glad Disney gave her a movie and backed her up and gave her the opportunity to do Raya and the Last Dragon. Who, by the way, I should mention is the first, Raya is the first Southeast Asian Disney princess. And that really made Kelly Marie Tran proud. That was one of the things that made her proud to be uh, voicing this character and having this character actually, you know, a a part of a, a major, this is a big stage. Um, you know, Raya is, these movies last forever. And I mentioned that with Kelly Marie Tran, something that made her proud to be a part of this film. My friend, when I heard I was talking to you today, I was, I'm so excited to see you. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh. This is great. Of course, you know, last time we go from Star Wars, we go to Raya. And I'm going to open with the very first question that I asked you when we met years ago. Your reaction when you were cast in Star Wars, I'm going to ask you this. When you found out you would be voicing Raya, tell me what your reaction was. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Similar, to be honest. Like there's this sort of um, immediate feeling when you, you want something so badly and, and, you know, you're auditioning for things and you, you don't really know what's going to work out and what's not. And then when you get to that moment where someone offers it to you, it's almost this feeling of like, Oh, I, I I've been just like treading water this whole tr- time trying to get to this point. I, I, I don't even actually, I don't know if I thought about how, how I would do this or, or what I would do once I got there. So there's sort of that initial shock and um, disbelief that comes with it. And then also this overwhelming just joy and, and, and knowing how much legacy uh, these movies have. And um, yeah, it's uh, definitely an emotional, an emotional response. <laughs> I'm just so happy for you. I mean, you're a Disney princess now. These movies last forever. And I just yeah. love the story. So what makes this role, you know, special to you personally? So many things. Sisterhood of being a Disney princess, that is a huge thing. And the second thing is recognizing that we are with this movie, Uh, honoring a part of the world that doesn't get to be honored that often. Um, And by doing that, hopefully broadening the idea of what people think when they hear the word princess or when when they hear the word hero, like knowing that anyone, no matter where you're from or what you look like, you can be these things. Um, And the last thing for me is just Raya as as a complicated, flawed character who is sarcastic and funny and smart and also vulnerable and, and sad sometimes. And, and also, viscerally angry sometimes someone who gets to experience the entire wealth of of human emotion um she is such a a cool brave uh incredible character and i'm honored to have uh yeah been able to be a part of creating her uh raya i love raya the character i i I love you but also my favorite is tuck tuck and (laughs) i just i almost renamed my dog tuck tuck of course he didn't take that very well uh, when we had the conversation, but I just, you know, let's talk about that character, Tuck Tuck, and the bond that is between these two characters. The most adorable character I think I've seen in a really long time, and I think Alan Tudyk is just such a genius at being able to create all of the sounds that that he that he made to make this character extra lovable. Um, and their relationship is so special because they grew up together. You know, you see Tuck Tuck as this tiny little little creature and then he becomes the hugest um and is really part of the adventure in a really integral way and i think that raya and tactic have a really special friendship i you know a lot of times uh people talk about this all the time but having a pet is really like having a good friend and i, I think that that applies to their relationship as well what makes this a perfect movie for the entire family 
there's action, there's heart, there's humor, there's a plethora of incredible characters, and there's a lot of really good food depicted in the movie that uh, hopefully people will be able to uh, be uh, curious about this food together and, and hopefully maybe order out some of those foods and share them together. So I think it's definitely a really fun family experience. Now you know everything there is to know about Raya and the Last Dragon. And as I teased earlier, uh, by the way, you're listening to the Backstage Experience podcast. I'm Dave Morales. And I'm John Stenvall. And now we're going to reveal our favorite Disney princesses. John, I'm going to let you go first. No, you can not princesses. No. You, you, you can only name one. Oh, it has dude. to be one. I don't All right, know. I'll, go, I'll go first. I, I, okay, you go first. My favorite Disney princess, and there's so many, because obviously you think of uh, Princess Jasmine. Then you go back to the classic Disney movies, Cinderella, you know, I mean, all of those. But do you know my favorite one is Ariel of The Little Mermaid? She's got an incredible story. Yeah. I love her story. I love what that film means and what it stands for. And that to me is, yeah, Ariel would be my number one. But then again, ask me again in a week and it could change. Yeah, <laughs> I I hate to lean. This is so obvious. I can't say Cinderella because everybody says Cinderella. You know, I was leaning towards Belle, but Ooh, that's a great one. That's a really good one. Yeah, like Belle. I would say Belle was my first favorite Disney princess. You know, I I, I would say that. Um, dude, I can't I can't choose one. Like I literally can't. Really? Yeah. I I mean, truthfully, I have never thought of uh ariel like i've never considered that one but like there's a lot of things in my personal life that actually line up with ariel you know i was not aware that you live under the water under the sea (laughs) i did not so wait a minute if you're ariel then that makes me the crab guy (laughs) remember ariel's death when she comes on the land she can't communicate that's true is she deaf or can she not speak or is it both well Way to ruin the movie. It's been out for decades. No, remember she gives up her voice? Yeah, she gives up her voice. Well, she doesn't give it up, but... But then she sold her soul, like, to in order to get out. So, I not Ariel. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, this is... We're probably going to do this for the next 20 minutes trying to figure it out. No, we're not because Ariel's my answer and we really dissected Ariel. Like probably she doesn't need to be. Yeah. Okay. So John has several Disney princesses this week. Mine is Ariel. Ask me again in a week and it could change. Anyway, to to summarize Raya and the Last Dragon, you can watch it uh, in theaters right now. If you're comfortable going to a theater, uh, I encourage you to see it on a big screen or you can watch it at home. Disney plus premier access. You must be a Disney plus subscriber. And then it's twenty nine ninety nine on top of that. And we had the discussion earlier in this episode about whether or not that's fair for a family of four our families to watch it. I think it's worth the investment. So I will say that and put my reputation on it. It is definitely worth $29 to see this movie. That's how much I loved it. Snow White. I'm going to Snow White. That's my answer. <laughs> yeah. Good answer. No, and, and this is why, because Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is my favorite Disney movie because not only is it a classic, it's the first one. He launched the entire studio on that film, almost lost everything, the entire story behind it. Me and Dave have actually gotten to see the actual camera that they filmed Snow White with. And so I'm going to go with Snow White. 
And I've also it'll seen change in five minutes. Through that, and there's so many to choose from. And also, uh, the uh, I've seen the Oscar. Remember, there was the main Oscar statue, and then they had the little the little ones for the dwarves to represent the dwarves, the smaller versions of the Oscar statues that they presented to Walt. Yeah, if you ever are in the Bay Area in San Francisco and you get to go to the Disney Family Museum, I highly recommend it. It's right by the Golden Gate Bridge too, so there's great photo opportunities there. But uh, go check out the Disney Family Museum. I, it's it's incredible. I second that. A great experience. Okay, so Ryan the Last Dragon. Uh, we've definitely talked a lot about that movie. It is out now, and uh, I encourage you all to to go. And by the way, if you want to see the Kelly Marie Tron uh, video interview in person, you can go to our YouTube channel at Backstage Joel. Search for us on YouTube, and you can actually watch the interview with Kelly Marie Tran and and the producers uh, all up there now. Uh, Backstage Joel on the YouTube channel. Man, I love talking Disney, and I, I'm so happy that we were able uh, to do this episode. Oh, oh, one thing I have to add as well. One word about this story, Raya and the Last Dragon. This story is about, ready? Trust. It is a story about trust. And when you see it, you'll know exactly what I am talking about. John, I know you're excited about an upcoming episode that we have of the Backstage Experience. I can see you smiling and grinning right now. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you the floor. What's coming up next? Coming up on the next episode, we have the movie Cherry, where we get to talk to Marvel directors, so the directors of Marvel Endgame and Infinity War, Anthony and Joe Russo. They have a new movie to where they teamed up with Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, and are doing a film about a veteran who comes back from Iraq and ends up being a bank robber. So this is something that's completely different. It's outside of the Marvel system. It's outside of the Disney system. But it's a really cool look at not only Tom Holland's acting chops, but the styling and directing of Anthony Joe Russo. This is a movie that like I hadn't seen before, like the what me and Dave saw a couple weeks ago, and it is a great movie to watch when it comes to like if you like heist, well, kind of like bank robbing heist type films, but then it also has like war elements to it. And also uh, some like addiction issues that he's going through. We're going to have that on the next episode of the Backstage Experience. Yeah, and it's a different way. You said a second ago, it's a different look of Tom Holland, different acting style. And I asked him about that, if that made it interesting and appeal to him to take on the role, because it is a challenge for an actor. You want to see all facets of how they can act. And also, it's a, it's a different twist for the Russo brothers. And they address those challenges uh, and why they took on this role. It's a very personal story for these guys. This is a huge tease. People definitely need to tune in for the next episode of the Backstage Experience Podcast. Yeah, so if you're a Marvel fan like I am, it's just cool to see all this outside of Marvel, almost in a way, seeing all this talent. So that's coming up on the next episode of the Backstage Experience. If you haven't already, give us that five stars on the review. Leave us a comment. Follow us online, Backstage OL. We have new episodes of the Backstage Experience every single week. So if you haven't already, go back and check out that Coming to America interview with Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, and the entire cast of Coming to America. We'll see you on the next episode of the Backstage Experience.